You're listening to The Big Bible Read, an initiative of the Pulse and the Word radio stations. For Bible study resources and to join a community of other Bible readers, visit BigBibleRead.com. Leviticus chapter 21. The Lord said to Moses, Say to the priests, the sons of Aaron, say to them, For a dead person, no priest is to defile himself among his people, except for his close relative who is near to him, his mother, his father, his son, his daughter, his brother, and his virgin sister who is near to him, who has no husband. He may defile himself for her. He must not defile himself as a husband among his people, so as to profane himself. Priests must not have a bald spot shaved on their head. They must not shave the corner of their beard. They must not cut slashes in their body. They must be holy to their God, and they must not profane the name of their God, because they are the ones who present the Lord's gifts, the food of their God. Therefore, they must be holy. They must not take a wife defiled by prostitution, nor are they to take a wife divorced from her husband, for the priest is holy to his God. You must sanctify him because he presents the food of your God. He must be holy to you because I, the Lord who sanctifies you all, am holy. If a daughter of a priest profanes herself by engaging in prostitution, she is profaning her father. She must be burned to death. The high priest, who is greater than his brothers, and on whose head the anointing oil is poured, and who has been ordained to wear the priestly garments, must neither dishevel the hair of his head nor tear his garments. He must not go where there is any dead person. He must not defile himself even for his father or for his mother. He must not go out from the sanctuary and must not profane the sanctuary of his God because the dedication of the anointing oil of his God is on him. I am the Lord. He must take a wife who is a virgin. He must not marry a widow, a divorced woman, or one profaned by prostitution. He may only take a virgin from his people as a wife so that he may not profane his children among his people. For I am the Lord who sanctifies him. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, no man from your descendants throughout their generations who has a physical flaw is to approach to present the food of his God. Certainly no man who has a physical flaw is to approach, a blind man or one who is lame or one with a slit nose or who has a limb too long or a man who has had a broken arm or leg or a hunchback or a dwarf or one with a spot in his eye or a festering eruption or a feverish rash or a crushed testicle. No man from the descendants of Aaron the priest who has a physical flaw may step forward to present the Lord's gifts. He has a physical flaw, so he must not step forward to present the food of his God. He may eat both the most holy and the holy food of his God, but he must not go near the special curtain or step forward to the altar because he has a physical flaw. Thus, he must not profane my holy places, for I am the Lord who sanctifies them. So Moses spoke these things to Aaron, his sons, and all the Israelites. Chapter 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons that they must deal respectfully with the holy offerings of the Israelites, which they consecrate to me, so that they do not profane my holy name. I am the Lord. Say to them, Throughout your generations, if any man from all your descendants approaches the holy offerings which the Israelites consecrate to the Lord, while he is impure, that person must be cut off from before me. I am the Lord. No man from the descendants of Aaron who is diseased or has a discharge may eat the holy offerings until he becomes clean. The one who touches anything made unclean by contact with a dead person or with a man who has a seminal omission or with a man who touches a swarming thing 
by which he becomes unclean, or who touches a person by which he becomes unclean, whatever that person's impurity, the person who touches any of these will be unclean until evening and must not eat from the holy offerings unless he has bathed his body in water. When the sun goes down, he will be clean, and afterward he may eat from the holy offerings because they are his food. He must not eat an animal that has died of natural causes or an animal torn by beasts and thus become unclean by it. I am the Lord. They must keep my charge so that they do not incur sin on account of it and therefore die because they profane it. I am the Lord who sanctifies them. No lay person may eat anything holy. Neither a priest lodger nor a hired laborer may eat anything holy. But if a priest buys a person with his own money, that person may eat the holy offerings, and those born in the priest's own house may eat his food. If a priest's daughter marries a layperson, she may not eat the holy contribution offerings. But if a priest's daughter is a widow or divorced, and she has no children, so that she returns to live in her father's house as in her youth, she may eat from her father's food. But no layperson may eat it. If a man eats a holy offering by mistake, he must add one-fifth to it and give the holy offering to the priest. They must not profane the holy offerings which the Israelites contribute to the Lord, and so cause them to incur a penalty for guilt when they eat their holy offerings. For I am the Lord who sanctifies them. The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to Aaron, his sons, and all the Israelites, and tell them, When any man from the house of Israel, or from the resident foreigners in Israel, presents his offering for any of the votive or freewill offerings which they present to the Lord as a burnt offering, if it is to be acceptable for your benefit, it must be a flawless male from the cattle, sheep, or goats. You must not present anything that has a flaw because it will not be acceptable for your benefit. If a man presents a peace offering sacrifice to the Lord for a special votive offering or for a freewill offering from the herd or the flock, it must be flawless to be acceptable. It must have no flaw. You must not present to the Lord something blind or with a broken bone or mutilated or with a running sore or with a festering eruption, or with a feverish rash, you must not give any of these as a gift on the altar to the Lord. As for an ox or a sheep with a limb too long or stunted, you may present it as a free will offering, but it will not be acceptable for a votive offering. You must not present to the Lord something with testicles that are bruised, crushed, torn, or cut off. You must not do this in your land. Even from a foreigner, you must not present the food of your God from such animals as these for they are ruined and flawed. They will not be acceptable for your benefit. The Lord spoke to Moses, When an ox, lamb, or goat is born, it must be under the care of its mother seven days. But from the eighth day onward, it will be acceptable as an offering gift to the Lord. You must not slaughter an ox or a sheep and its young on the same day. When you sacrifice a thanksgiving offering to the Lord, you must sacrifice it so that it is acceptable for your benefit. On that very day, it must be eaten, you must not leave any part of it over until morning. I am the Lord. You must be sure to do my commandments. I am the Lord. You must not profane my holy name, and I will be sanctified in the midst of the Israelites. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, the one who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. Mark 6 now Jesus left that place and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did he get these ideas? And what is this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these miracles that he has done through his hands? Isn't this the carpenter, 
the son of Mary and brother of James, Hoseus, Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us? And so they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his house. He was not able to do a miracle there except to lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed because of their unbelief. Then he went around among the villages and taught. Jesus called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. He gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, and to put on sandals, but not to wear two tunics. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the area. If a place will not welcome you or listen to you, as you go out from there, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and preached that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed many sick people with olive oil and healed them. Now King Herod heard this, for Jesus' name had become known. Some were saying, John the baptizer has been raised from the dead, and because of this, miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, He is Elijah. Others said, He is a prophet, like one of the prophets from the past. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For Herod himself had sent men, arrested John, and bound him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because Herod had married her. For John had repeatedly told Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against him and wanted to kill him. But she could not because Herod stood in awe of John and protected him, since he knew that John was a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard him, he was thoroughly baffled, and yet he liked to listen to John. But a suitable day came when Herod gave a banquet on his birthday for his court officials, military commanders, and leaders of Galilee. When his daughter Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, Ask me for whatever you want, and I will give it to you. He swore to her, Whatever you ask, I will give you, up to half my kingdom. So she went out and said to her mother, What should I ask for? Her mother said, The head of John the baptizer. Immediately she hurried back to the king and made her request, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter immediately. Although it grieved the king deeply, he did not want to reject her request because of his oath and his guests. So the king sent an executioner at once to bring John's head, and he went and beheaded John in prison. He brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. When John's disciples heard this, they came and took his body and placed it in a tomb. Then the apostles gathered around Jesus and told him everything they had done and taught. He said to them, Come with me privately to an isolated place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and there was no time to eat. So they went away by themselves in a boat to some remote place. But many saw them leaving and recognized them, and they hurried on foot from all the towns and arrived there ahead of them. As Jesus came ashore, he saw the large crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he taught them many things. When it was already late, his disciples came to him and said, This is an isolated place, and it is already very late. Send them away so that they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said, Should we go and buy bread for 200 silver coins and give it to them to eat? He said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he directed them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. 
So they reclined in groups of hundreds and fifties. He took the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. He gave them to his disciples to serve the people, and he divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and they picked up the broken pieces and fish that were left over, twelve baskets full. Now there were five thousand men who ate the bread. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dispersed the crowd. After saying goodbye to them, he went to the mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land. He saw them straining at the oars because the wind was against them. As the night was ending, he came to them walking on the sea, for he wanted to pass by them. When they saw him walking on the water, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them, Have courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up with them into the boat and the wind ceased. They were completely astonished because they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. After they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret and anchored there. As they got out of the boat, people immediately recognized Jesus. They ran through that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever he was rumored to be. And wherever he would go, into villages, towns, or countryside, they would place the sick in the marketplaces and would ask him if they could just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. Psalm 49, for the music director, a psalm by the Korahites. Listen to this, all you nations. Pay attention, all you inhabitants of the world. Pay attention, all you people, both rich and poor. I will declare a wise saying. I will share my profound thoughts. I will learn a song that imparts wisdom. I will then sing my insightful song to the accompaniment of a harp. Why should I be afraid in times of trouble, when the sinful deeds of deceptive men threaten to overwhelm me? They trust in their wealth and boast in their great riches. Certainly a man cannot rescue his brother. He cannot pay God an adequate ransom price. The ransom price for a human life is too high, and the people go to their final destiny, so that he might continue to live forever and not experience death. Surely one sees that even wise people die. Fools and spiritually insensitive people all pass away and leave their wealth to others. Their grave becomes their permanent residence, their eternal dwelling place. They name their lands after themselves, but despite their wealth, people do not last. They are like animals that perish. This is the destiny of fools and of those who approve of their philosophy. Selah. They will travel to Sheol like sheep, with death as their shepherd. The godly will rule over them when the day of vindication dawns. Sheol will consume their bodies and they will no longer live in impressive houses. But God will rescue my life from the power of Sheol. Certainly he will pull me to safety. Selah. Do not be afraid when a man becomes rich and his wealth multiplies, for he will take nothing with him when he dies. His wealth will not follow him down into the grave. He pronounces this blessing on himself while he is alive. Many men praise you, for you have done well. But he will join his ancestors. They will never again see the light of day. Wealthy people do not understand. They are like animals that perish. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible. NetBible.com. Copyright 1996 2019. Used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC. All rights reserved.